Like you objectively have the skills, you objectively got a good performance review. And despite all of that, having a sense that you're missing something, that you're not doing enough, that you don't have the competence. You could take a fear-based action or a courage-based action. A fear-based action is going to strengthen the imposter syndrome and a courage-based action is going to break down the imposter syndrome. You're allowed to be guided by what you want, not what your imposter syndrome thinks you can have. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I am the host and creator of this wonderful podcast. And I do this work because my mission is to support you and professional women just like you in finding your voice, building confidence, building a career that is wildly successful that you feel very excited about and that you are super proud of. And I am so excited about today's episode because I'm diving into something that I see so often with my clients and that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet on the podcast. And it's a topic that really fascinates me and that as a coach is very, very relevant to the work that I do. And it's all about how imposter syndrome interacts and interplays with your career goals and your desires and your ambitions. So typically when I talk about imposter syndrome, and I think in general, when we reflect on our own experience of imposter syndrome, we're very much focused on the present, right? A lot of the experience of imposter syndrome is I don't feel competent in my role right now. I don't feel competent in my role today. And what I'm talking about in today's episode is much more about the future and how imposter syndrome tends to impact the ways in which we think about what is possible for ourselves in the future. This is so important because if we don't believe that the thing that we want in our career is possible for us at some point down the line in the future, that is going to affect our actions in the present. That is going to affect the choices that we make today And those choices that we make today are going to impact what happens to us in the future. So I want to say this one more time because it is so important to understand. When we don't believe that what we want in the future is possible for us, we make different choices today. And those choices sometimes cause the thing that was out that we thought was out of reach not to happen. But it's not because we were correct in assuming that we couldn't have it or it wasn't possible. It's because all of those assumptions caused us to hide and not take courageous action towards the thing that we want. And that's really what today's episode is all about, because I want to help you see 
that part of your growth process means putting a stake in the ground and being super brave and super courageous and super vulnerable and declaring to yourself exactly what you desire and saying, I want this thing. This is what I want for myself. Even if that thing feels out of reach, even if it feels like it's not possible, even if you feel silly for declaring it as your goal, if we can't even be honest with ourselves about what we want, it becomes very, very difficult for us to pursue it. So that's what today's episode is all about because my work is to help women become executives. And I know so many of the women who follow my work are very hard on themselves. They experience imposter syndrome. They're perfectionists. They really want to get things right. And because of that, while they might have a desire deep down inside to become leaders, to be on a very high power, accelerated career trajectory, they often don't give themselves permission to actually declare that that's what they want and admit to themselves that that's their dream because it feels so scary and out of reach. And as a result, they end up slowing themselves down. So I want to help you own your dream and I want to help you give permission to yourself to decide that you're allowed to want whatever the hell you want and that you can go after it in small strategic steps, even if it's not exactly where you're at right now and even if it feels far away. So what I want to start by doing in today's episode is defining imposter syndrome. And then I want to talk about what choices you can make to shrink the imposter syndrome. And I want to talk about the ways in which we make choices, the types of choices we make. I want to talk about how those choices work to either grow or shrink the imposter syndrome and how being bold enough to declare a very big out there audacious goal is actually enormously beneficial in helping your imposter syndrome shrink over time. So let's start with this idea of what imposter syndrome is. I define imposter syndrome as the sense that you're lacking the competence required to succeed in your role. Now, what's so important about imposter syndrome is that it is always rooted in a subjective opinion. So you can't have imposter syndrome about something that's objective. So for example, you can't have imposter syndrome um, about like your SAT scores or your grade point average or something that is very, very calculated, very objective. There's a score, there's a number. Those things are indicators of our performance and they're very easily measured. Imposter syndrome is the opposite. It is not measurable. It is like a feeling we have inside, right? So instead of it being this very concrete, like, okay, like here's a great example. Let's say your company gives you a rating on a scale of one to five in terms of your performance. Imposter syndrome is not you getting, let's say, a one out of five and being like, I don't think I'm very good at my job. Imposter syndrome is you getting a four or a five out of five and then you being like, I'm not very good at my job. The reason I'm giving this as an example is because the imposter syndrome is the subjective layer and interpretation that we overlay over the actual facts that gives us a sense of incompetence. And I'm distinguishing this from actually lacking competence, right? You could be in a situation where you actually don't have the skills to do your job. That is not imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the experience of having the skills 
Like you objectively have the skills. You objectively got a good performance review. You are objectively being given generally good positive feedback. And despite all of that, having a sense that you're missing something, that you're not doing enough, that you don't have the competence. This is so important because unless you are willing to get real with yourself and say the imposter syndrome is an issue of self-perception, it's not an actual issue of my skills, unless you're able to solidify that as your truth, it becomes very, very hard to loosen the grip of imposter syndrome. Because if you believe that the imposter syndrome that you experience is a reflection of your actual skills, like you feel it because you are actually bad at your job, what you will do is you will take action to try to get better at your job, but that will never fix the imposter syndrome because it's not being experienced as a result of objective indicators that you are lacking competence in your job. It's being experienced as a result of your subjective interpretation of how you're doing in your job. So it acts like a filter, right? So your imposter syndrome is like a set of glasses and everything you see through the glasses looks bad. So your manager says, great job on that project, filter through the imposter syndrome glasses, you'll find a reason to make that mean that you did poorly, right? Or you'll get a positive performance review. You're gonna filter that performance review through the lens of your imposter syndrome glasses and you're gonna find a way to twist it and find negative meaning or negative interpretation out of it. So if you're wearing glasses that twist reality to look negative, to help you reinforce the conclusion that you lack competence, then it doesn't matter what you go out and do. Everything you go out and do is filtered through the glasses, right? So if you have a pair of glasses that makes you look incompetent, it literally doesn't matter what you're looking at, right? So it literally doesn't matter what skills you get, what actions you take, what accolades you get, what promotions you get, what raises you get, what praise you get. None of that's gonna matter because it's all gonna go through the filter, right? So I think you can see where this is going, which is that the thing that needs to be fixed is the actual filter, not the inputs that are coming in through the filter. And the reason that I share this is because so many people miss this. And instead of trying to shift the filter and shift their perception of themselves, they get very focused on putting different things in front of the filter, right? Like trying to get better at their jobs, acquire more skills, do better, be better, be more perfect. And ironically, that only feeds the imposter syndrome because you just have more inputs coming through these distorted glasses of imposter syndrome. And no matter what input comes at it, because it's based on your subjective interpretation, you're always going to reinforce the imposter syndrome. So that's just a little bit of foundation that I wanna share with you because it is so important to ground in that definition and understand that you'll never, ever be able to objectively measure your way out of imposter syndrome. So what I mean is, if you are waiting for a score, a title, a promotion, a salary, an accolade, if you're waiting on some objective piece of data, objective achievement to make your imposter syndrome go away, it will never go away. It will persist no matter how many inputs come at it, right? So there is no outside thingy, badge, trophy, award that can be given to you that will be strong enough to make the imposter syndrome go away. 
What instead is going to make it go away is your ability to notice it and notice the choices that it drives you to make in your career and slowly but strategically make different choices that allow you to reframe the entire experience of imposter syndrome. Now, I want to make this really, really simple for you. So I want to distinguish between two different kinds of actions that you can take. Fear-based actions and courage-based actions. Fear-based actions are actions that are rooted in inadequacy. They are actions that the imposter syndrome wants to take, and they're actions that come from the belief, I'm not good enough, you're not good enough. Those actions often look like hiding, underachieving, being a wallflower in meetings. Those fear-based actions that come from inadequacy can also look like overworking, taking on too much, saying yes to things. All of the actions that are fueled by that fear, that internal sense of scarcity, that internal imposter syndrome, I classify those as fear-based actions. And I think of fear-based actions as actions that will feed the imposter syndrome and make it stronger. So anytime you have an impulse to take an action and that impulse is coming from imposter syndrome, it's coming from fear, and you take that action, it strengthens and reinforces the imposter syndrome. I want to contrast that with courage-based actions. Courage-based actions are the actions that your imposter syndrome doesn't want you to take. They are actions like advocating for growth within your company, courageously sharing your ideas in meetings, believing in yourself, taking risks, taking up space, Those are the actions that your imposter syndrome often tells you not to take because it says, no, 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 don't do that because you're not so good at your job. So if you go and ask for promotion and start speaking up in meetings and taking up space, you're going to face rejection. You're going to face ridicule. You're going to face humiliation. Don't do any of those things. Just hide and do a lot of good work output and don't do anything that could possibly put you at risk. So imposter syndrome has you avoiding the actions that are not only the ones that are going to further your career the fastest, right? Like getting visible in meetings, being vocal about the growth that you want to experience in your company. Those are not only actions that are gonna have you growing into leadership positions much more quickly, but ironically, those are actions that are going to help the imposter syndrome shrink. So I really want you to think about this idea that you could take a fear-based action or a courage-based action. A fear-based action is going to strengthen the imposter syndrome and a courage-based action is going to break down the imposter syndrome. Here's why the courage-based actions break down the imposter syndrome is because they generate new evidence about what reality around you actually is. So when you're hiding and you're not asking for the promotions and you're not speaking up and you're not using your voice, you never get evidence that maybe you are more capable than you think. But as soon as you start speaking in meetings, taking up space, asking for the promotions you want, like really showing up boldly, sure, you will have, you know, some failures. Not every single step outside your comfort zone is going to result in a win, But you will also have some successes and you will have what I call breakthrough moments where you speak in the meeting or you ask for a raise or you do something really courageous and it turns out really well and then it breaks your brain because your brain was like, you can't do this thing. It's not going to turn out well because you suck at your job and then you go do the thing and it turns out really well and your brain's like, 
wait a minute, like, I thought that you weren't going to be able to do that or get that promotion or like be praised for taking a risk in that meeting. But you just did. And so like, now I don't know what to think about you because I thought that you were incapable. And it generates this super valuable piece of evidence that starts to chip away at that belief that you lack competence or that you aren't good enough at your job to succeed. So now I want to talk about how setting goals comes into play when it comes to imposter syndrome and all of this. And I will share with you that setting goals about the future, like about the positions you want, the growth you want, the leadership you want, this is the thing that I see my clients get stuck on, like at the very beginning of our work together. So as part of my coaching, I work one-on-one with a small handful of clients. And before I start my work with a client, one of the first things we do is we decide what it is they want professionally, right? What it is they want in our time working together and what it is they want over the long term so that our time working together can feed into that. And what I see over and over is that they have a very hard time identifying and admitting what they want. And a huge reason for that is imposter syndrome. When we are in our experience of imposter syndrome and it comes to thinking about our goals and desires and the growth that we want to achieve in our careers, we often get stuck in the fear-based action of not owning our ambitious goals because we're so scared that we won't be able to achieve them and that we'll disappoint or embarrass or ridicule ourselves in the process of owning those goals and going after them. And so Often when I work with a client one-on-one, the first thing we have to do is help them really reveal what they want, which can feel terrifying. Like I, I literally have women come to me and I have to work with them to help them feel safe enough to just talk about the truth about what it is they desire, right? And I really relate to this. This is something that I have struggled with in my career as well, because when you're doubting yourself, then owning your desire for something bigger can feel really, really scary. And so the fear-based action that comes out of imposter syndrome when it comes to goal setting is not admitting to yourself the extent of growth and professional advancement that you desire. Courage-based action, on the other hand, is when you own your desire and you're honest with yourself about what it is you want. What's so important is whatever path you choose, whether it's the fear-based desire of pretending like you don't want growth, pretending like you don't want leadership positions, pretending like you don't want to be an executive one day, like pretending like you don't care that much about the growth, whether it's a fear-based action or a courage-based action, which would look like acknowledging what you want, being bold and audacious and brave and saying, this is important to me, I want this, depending on what you choose, it's either going to strengthen or weaken the imposter syndrome. So when we don't acknowledge what it is we want and we pretend like we don't want more, we aren't challenged to pull out our best performance and we are also communicating to ourselves that we don't think we are capable of performing beyond our current level. Whereas when we take the courage-based action of acknowledging what we want, it calls us to step into a higher level performance and a higher level of problem solving. If you know that your boss is going to be out of the office for six to 12 months, 
you will naturally begin performing at a higher level because that is what will be required of you. And so when we don't own our ambitious goals, basically what we're saying to ourselves is like, I don't believe in my capacity to do that. Like, I don't believe in my capacity to do any more than I'm doing right now. It's as if internally, we have this choice to act, to pretend as if our boss is out of town and we have to step up and operate at a higher level. It's as if internally, like we can pretend like that's true and do our jobs as if that was true. And what we're saying is, I don't believe I can do that. I don't actually believe I can figure that out. That's too scary. I don't wanna risk failure. So I'm going to pretend like I don't want anything more and I'm not going to challenge myself to show up at my highest level. And I think it's really easy to fall into this pattern because so often you think, well, if I have imposter syndrome in my current role and I don't feel strong and competent in my current role, how the hell am I supposed to like dream of something bigger? But what you're not seeing in that feeling is the error in thinking of thinking that the incompetence that you feel is real, that it's based on reality. You're forgetting that imposter syndrome is because you're wearing glasses and you're thinking there's a real problem. So instead of you being like, screw it, I'm taking off these glasses and I'm smashing them on the ground and I'm declaring what I want, you're being like, I can't like go for more. I can't be a leader. I can't be an executive because look how I feel in my current role. You're taking the feeling and experience as true, and then you're setting the bar lower for yourself so you never get to find out if you were wrong to begin with. And the irony in all of this, and the thing that like aches my heart in all of this, is that I have yet to encounter a client, anyone who follows my work, who I get to know, whose work I get to know, and I get to know my clients deeply. I see their work, I learn so much about them. I have yet to encounter a client where I'm like, I think we need to look at your skill set. I think we need to build out your core skill set. And the extent to which they believe they're lacking skills feels so real to them. And you might be thinking that maybe you're not a client of mine. I haven't spent all that time with you. Maybe you're different. Maybe you're the special snowflake. But I just want to remind you that imposter syndrome means you're wearing a set of glasses. So even me telling you there's a good chance that you're underestimating your own talent and your own competence, that might get filtered through your imposter syndrome glasses and you might say, but I'm probably different than all of our other clients. It's probably different for me. And so what I would wanna invite you to do is to think of imposter syndrome as essentially a force within you that is going to try to get you to shrink away, play small, not take risks and not believe in yourself. And I want to offer you that the fear that underlies the imposter syndrome and that sense of incompetence is not based on an objective fact, but it's based on an internal filter that comes from how you view yourself, that has you viewing yourself overly negatively and has you in a cycle of reinforcing and strengthening that faulty, incorrect view of yourself, which is why it feels very, very real. And one of the most powerful and profound ways to shift out of that, to break that pattern, to shatter the glasses of imposter syndrome, is to start taking action as the version of you who knows that you are capable of more. 
And part of that action includes being honest with yourself about what it is you desire and having the courage to set an ambitious goal even if you don't feel 100% confident and you are not 100% clear of your imposter syndrome. Because as soon as you set that goal, it is going to call you to show up higher and you are not going to feel that inner that inner almost like catalyzing of your desire to show up bigger, to be a more effective leader, to be stronger in your role until you put a stake in the ground and say, I am going for this bigger thing. And what I also want to offer you is that you're allowed to be guided by what you want, not what your imposter syndrome thinks you can have. And what you want and what your imposter syndrome thinks you can have are often two different things. You might want a career that involves a lot of growth and you might want a large leadership position. And your imposter syndrome might think you can't have that. And what I find is really helpful is to separate those out, right? So decide what you want and decide what you think you can have, but look at those separately because then you'll see if there's a gap between the two and then you get to decide, do I want to plan my career based on what I want or do I want to plan my career based on what I think I can have? And when you have the courage to plan your career based on what you want and not what you think you can have, that is when you will show up more powerfully. It is when you will take more risks and it is ultimately what will get you closer to that outcome. And so that's what I wanted to share with you today is this idea that imposter syndrome has a profound impact on how you see yourself It has a profound impact on the choices that you make. And unless you begin interrupting those choices, the imposter syndrome is going to continue strengthening itself. And one of your most powerful ways for interrupting the cycle of imposter syndrome, feeding itself and getting stronger and stronger is in how you set goals and in having the courage to own your ambitious goals, despite the fact that your imposter syndrome might try to convince you that those goals aren't possible for you. And this is so vulnerable and it is so scary to do this and it it is the seed of change. One of the reasons that I have been so successful in my career is because I was willing to make crazy choices (laughs) about what I wanted professionally when I had such a slim chance of those things becoming a reality, or at least that's what my imposter syndrome told me at the time. So I wanted to be in management consulting. I wanted to work for the world's number one (laughs) management consulting firm, McKinsey & Company, with zero business experience, coming from a background that was completely non-traditional. And a huge part of me thought there is no way, there is no way that this could work. And I had those same thoughts when I left my corporate career to start my coaching business. I had thoughts, there is no way, there is no way that this could work. In both cases, I was willing to say, you know what? Inside, I feel like there is no way this could work. I feel that. It's there. It is 100% there. It's real. The feeling is real. 
and I really want this thing. I desire this thing really badly. I feel drawn towards it. It feels so exciting to me. So I'm going to make a decision to move towards the thing that I know that my soul wants, even though I have a strong feeling that it is not possible and that there is literally no way that this can work out. And every single leap I've taken has worked out really, really well because I was willing to let my desire guide my actions even when that felt really, really scary. I was willing to take courageous action and I wanna invite you to ask yourself what your courageous action is. What is the thing that you want that feels so scary to lean into, but that deep down inside, you know you feel called to? And I want you to ask yourself, do you want your decisions to come from your heart and your soul and your deepest desires? Or do you want your decisions to come from imposter syndrome? Usually when we follow our heart and our soul and our deepest desires, it's scary as hell. It feels so vulnerable. And it is also the thing that builds careers that we are so proud of. And it's the reason that we feel proud because we were willing to face all of those demons and declare what we, what we want and go after it, even when it felt vulnerable, even when it felt scary. So ask yourself what that thing is that you are wanting but having troubles owning. And remember that the first place you own it is internally. You don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to risk judgment. You first have to start within yourself and be able to say, you know what? I've been lying to myself all along and I really, really want this thing. I would love to hear what your thing is. So if you want to share it with me, shoot me a DM on Instagram. My handle is The Art of Speaking Up. And also check out my website. So head over to jessicasitcoaching.com if you want to learn more about my work, about my programs. And I have a bunch of free resources on there as well that I will link in the show notes. I'm going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you next week. Bye.